So there was another team. What? Kyrios' signal is coming from inside that transport. The enemies actually captured him. This is a major screw-up. You deserve 10,000 deaths, Alleluia! assumed a firing position. It's targeting ship four. They must know his comrade is in there. And yet it's still gonna fire? Alleluia, Haptism. This just proves my belief that you were never worthy of being a Gundam Meister. Welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode episode Gundam Seed podcast that decided to give Gundam Double O a try. My name is Jeremy. I'm a spacecraft carrier. I'm the SS Tyler. My name is Zach. Today we will be watching episode 10 of Gundam Double O, Operation Gundam Capture. Which I really feel like should have been the title of the last episode because that's when they started that. And I, I feel like more of the operation happens this episode. That is true. This the episode has more begin... operation per capita. The operation <laughs> begins in the previous episode, but this is the episode they actually managed to somewhat capture a Gundam. Operation per captura? No, I'm pretty sure that has to do with captures. Oh, okay. I am not a robot. I'm just piloting a robot. It's different. How do you think Setsuna answers those? What? I am not a robot. How do you think he handles the captures? But he call he says, I am a Gundam. A Gundam is a robot. Therefore, how do you think Setsuna answers a capture? I think Setsuna has a very warped idea of what constitutes a Gundam. I can't remember what comic it was. I think it was one of the weird DC comics that Trent Reznor did, but it took place in a post-apocalyptic future where robots had taken over, and this guy got like thrown into the future in it, and to see if he was a human or not, the robots made him do a capture, and they're like, he can do it! He's a human! Get him! <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> so we're watching episode 10 this week i think this episode is good yep i actually enjoyed this one i did not write many notes on it but i actually enjoyed it so i laughed i cried i died a little inside did you do any of those things i laughed okay that one seems logical somewhat tyler you know me i can't cry i have no soul <laughs> no did... i do it's just on my desk whose is it i don't remember Maybe the better question is, what are you keeping it in? Coke. Cardboard box. Okay. You'd be surprised at how well a cardboard box can hold a soul. Yeah, all these people were using, like, high-quality gems and stuff to enchant their equipment, and it turns out you can actually just tape a cardboard box full of soul to things. The, the best thing if you're a lich in the modern day to make your phylactery, you know what it is? Put it in one of those storage sheds and then wait for someone in, on storage wars to find it and not know what it is and sell it to some <laughs> random person. Who also won't know what it is, so it'll no, be always no, be protected. No. You put it in a Nokia. And that thing is never going to die. Would, why not a Game Boy? Because that's a little bit too big. That's fair, yeah. I mean, it, between carrying around a little brick phone and an actual brick. <laughs> they'll get it and they're like, okay, we're going to kill this lich. And then they'll look at it and go, well, that's never going to happen. Plus, you can use a residual energy to power it. Um, actually, no, I'm on the Game Boy side, though, uh, again, because I feel like a Game Boy is more useful to power with spirit energy than a Nokia phone. 
But a Game Boy can't make phone calls. Yeah, but you can play Pokemon Gold on it. Yeah. Could you play Pokemon Gold on the original yes. Game Boy? Pokemon Gold is a Game Boy game. You can also play Tetris. I thought it was a Game Boy Color game. It's color compatible. It is a Game Boy game. Pokemon Crystal is a Game Boy Color game. Oh, which is why they added so much. Yeah. They're like, oh, we have extra capacity. Now yep. we can just do that. Yep. Interesting. I did not realize that Pokemon Gold was a Game Boy game. Yeah, me neither. Because I thought it was Game Boy Color. Yeah. Because didn't it come out at the same time the colors came out? It came out a little after. I only ever played it on color. Same here. So, so we were talking about the, this before the podcast, but I wanted to enter into it. For the next couple of episodes, Saji and Louise are just going to show up for a comedy moment with Louise's mom and then not be in the rest of the episode. We've talked about how they are, are too many characters in Gundam Double O. A, what function do you think these characters serve so far, 10 episodes in? And B, how would you, ex- Tyler specifically, but I would love to hear Zach too, how would you explain these characters to somebody who has not watched Gundam Double, like who they are and how they relate to the plot? Because they have more screen time than people like the President of the Union, or maybe even Graham Aker. So, in my opinion, what, what Saji and Louise, it, it functions for both of them, actually. They are kind of supposed to be the audience stand-ins. Like, they're where the audience would be if this was going down. And I think they're supposed to be the characters the audience are really supposed to link up with. Which is why they go through so many pains to make sure they are in every episode. As opposed to, you know, like, they're not the main characters. But they show up in every episode. Even if it is just a little non-sequitur right at the beginning of the episode about making dinner or something like that. That's what I was going to say, too. And I think I still agree but I also feel like they don't actually serve as useful focal point characters. At any, like, occasionally, Saji will be like, oh, man, war sure is weird. And then someone will be like, but Saji, you're a naive child. Here's why this makes more sense than you think it does. But, like, what did the scenes with him cooking dinner with Louise's mom do? See, they, that's the thing. is They don't really do anything to move the story forward or anything like that. Like I said, I think the idea is that they are supposed to be the characters the audience is really expected to be like, oh, this would be me in this situation, as opposed to like, you know, doing the homework of making us feel for the main cast. Although if they haven't actually figured out who their main cast actually is at this point, I mean, I would buy that. I agree with that. The problem is I think they're bad at being relatable characters because they're not commenting on what's actually happening. Like... At they least were. half the time. They were. They are not any longer, and they haven't been for... They're just, like, there now. I wonder uh, if the original intent was, like, these are the characters the audience is supposed to really link up with, and then as they got farther in, they kind of started running out of ideas of how to actually make them important and relevant to the episodes. I'm the one who's seen all of Gundam Double so I'm cheating on the homework, but... I don't really think they're supposed to be audience surrogate characters. I think they can sort of serve that, but any character can sort of serve that, right? You can have the old guy who uh, associates with Smirnov because he has a daughter that he doesn't want to be a super soldier. Uh, For example, I think Luis and Saji's purpose is to be the normal people and to show how celestial being affects normal people. Because we saw recently terrorism happened and it happened right to them but then things just kind of go back to normal right and suddenly you're back in a rom-com where your mother-in-law is super disappointed in you and doesn't want you dating her daughter and things just go back to being normal and fun very quickly despite these life or death situations until it goes back to life or death i mean that is kind of i guess i was presenting it badly that was kind of what i was trying to say is like these are the normal characters these are what the audience would be like oh hey, this is me type of like this is what would be going on in this kind of a situation is you're not going to be the focal point you're not going to be the 
the pilot. There's only four of those dudes. You're just going to be one of these people. It's just worlds is happening around you. I mean, let's be real, Zach. Everybody is Krillin, but everybody thinks they're Goku. Everybody, as all of these teenagers are like, yes, that's an, I also know pain and have a crappy backstory. <laughs> I, too, am a Gundam. <laughs> um, I feel like out of my friend group, I'd have ended up being lock-on. Fuck, I gotta manage all of you people? <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess my problem with, is that they don't really, like, pertain to the story at all, and it seems like they're kind of extraneous. Like, if uh, Saji was Setsuna's friend at, instead of, like, just his neighbor who tried to offer him dinner once. Um, I wonder if one of the reasons why it seems like they aren't being relevant recently is because the last couple of episodes have revolved around things external to them. So, like, like Jeremy said, when terrorism happened, it happened right to them. So it was right on top of it. And they this almost one, fell into space once. This one here, they've been like this is the last couple of episodes have been directly like uh, celestial being being in direct these direct conflicts and not the, the world state hasn't been changing any, so these guys aren't really doing any of that either. So like, why do they need to be on screen then? I guess is to remind point. you they're there, <laughs> but what like why do they and need to, to be show there at that all? the world state like the world goes on despite what celestial being is doing, the world still. You know, it still turns. People still have to deal with crappy mother-in-law or their mother-in-law not a, being approving or anything like that. So, like, that still, stuff still happens, so that's why it's in here. And they function for a, com- a comedic moment as lighthearted banter goes on while everybody else is running around trying to avoid being shot. Yeah, I do think they also serve a comedic relief beat, and they can do that even when everybody else is engaged in very serious subjects. That's true, and I think that's, like, the one use for them, but, uh, like, if we really wanted to check up on World State, I feel like we could just flash to the President of the Union and be like, hmm, Celestial Bean hasn't made a move in a while, hmm. Or uh, Graham Maker. Or Graham Maker being like, binoculars, hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up. It's something I will ask a couple more times, because I find them to be very interesting characters in where they place here. And like we've talked about, there are too many characters. If this is the first time you're watching, Saji and Louise are two of them. We don't know how to explain them. Louise's mom is here now. She's from Spain. You can tell because she's blonde. (laughs) There are also four Gundam Meisters. One of them was a child soldier and hates war. One of them hates terrorism and war. One of them was a child soldier and has two personalities. And hates war. And hates war. And one of them is a dick and hates war. (laughs) Does Maybe. He, does Tyria hate war? I think by transitive property, yes. I think it's on the hiring form. <laughs> Actually, you know what? H- here's how you describe Tyria. Tyria hates the other three and hates war. <laughs> <laughs> he also hates Sumeragi. Tyria <laughs> hates everybody and war. Their mom, who just made a tactical blunder and sent Tyria and Alleluia out too far. And Sergei Smirnov, the wild bear of Russia, representing the Human Reform League is now moving in to capture them with Soma Pierce, his super soldier foster daughter, who's not his foster daughter yet. Does that actually happen? I can neither confirm nor deny that Sergei Smirnov may adopt Soma Pierce. This should become Soma Smirnov, because that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Lieutenant SS? Well, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, well, we already have Lieutenant SS in the form of Sergei Smirnov. No, he's Lieutenant Colonel SS. Oh, that's fair. I'm pretty sure that's everyone who shows up in this episode. There's also Graham Aker, but I don't think he shows up this episode. I think he has like a line. And Ali Al Sanchez, who does not show up this episode. And the president of Terribia, who does not show up this episode. I think Alejandro Corner shows up at the very end oh, to comment. And so does Chun-Li. Yep, Chun-Li's you're right. here. Um, and, uh, that's her actual name. I think and and Felt and Christina. Felt and Christina are important. And I think Marina pops up in this episode. You might be right. So if you want to watch along, you can do so on Crunchyroll. 
or Hulu. Again, we are watching episode 10, Operation Gundam Capture. And I think this one is pretty good, so maybe you want to. We start in Tokyo at a fancy building where Louise's mom is drinking some wine and someone introduces her daughter, who is in a kimono. And she's like, great cultural appropriation, daughter. You look great in that. <laughs> the mother is very cocky. Yes, I knew that. I knew my selection would be perfect. And then Saji comes in and he looks so awkward. He's wearing the worst suit ever. This is a 90s ass Bruce Wayne suit. If ever I've seen one and <laughs> no, I have it, seen many. This looks not it's not a suit. It looks more like this is the nice shirt that he had in his closet set aside. Well, well he I, look at those pockets. Are you telling pants. me that's not a suit? It's not a I good mean, suit. Granted, I've only ever worn one. No, the problem is he's wearing a turtleneck with a suit. Is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fa- I'm, I'm not a fashion person, as you can probably tell, and I've only ever worn one suit. You would say it's not an object of your fascination. You would say you're not very well suited to it. <laughs> Yours is better. I hate it. my friends. <laughs> it was a pretty well tailored joke. We better stop before Zach cuffs one of us. I have another good one, but I think I'm going to keep it in my pocket. Just button up your lips for a few moments. So, Luis's mom is like, hey, I didn't invite you. And Luis is like, yeah, I did. Right? And he's like, uh, yeah, I said no, but then Luis said yes. Luis looks so self-satisfied in this shot. And her mom looks so disappointed. <laughs> and he's like, well, you're rather weak-willed. And he's like, yeah, I get told that a lot. And she's like, okay, I'm going to make things perfectly clear for you. Go home. And he's like, yes, ma'am. And then Luis is like, no. <laughs> No, my boyfriend stays. I will pout so cute, you have to let him stay. And then she does. And that is Luis and Saji for this episode. And so we just get like a hard smash cut to one of these Tierrans in space shooting at Setsuna. This is the rest of the episode. Although Setsuna's barely in it, if we're honest. He did cut a mobile suit in half. Good job, Setsuna. Setsuna acknowledges that all they're trying to do is buy time or draw him away from the Ptolemaeus. Weirdly, we didn't talk at all about what happened last episode, despite this probably being the episode on which that is most relevant. But that Saji and Louise stuff is so important, we had to spend 20 minutes on it. A wild space bear attacks the Ptolemaeus in space. I I did say that, didn't I? Anyway, the Ptolemaeus celestial being spaceship is under attack by Sergei Smirnov, who is trying to steal the Gundam separated from it. Lockon and Setsuna are defending it, but Lockon has a peg leg. The Dynamis has a peg leg. Lockon is fine. True. I want pirate Lockon now. Stay tuned. You can hang out with space pirate Oscar. <laughs> yep. So we cut away from the Ptolemaeus to uh, Alleluia, who is currently screaming at the Terran Tatsu that is uh, piloted by some of Piers. He's specifically saying, "I know you." I know you. I know you. In the pink mobile suit. Yep. <laughs> I was going to say it's not It's not very uh, subtle, I guess. It is part of the camouflage is for Sissy's squadron. It's not leading it like the Akatsuki was, but it's in it. <laughs> well, in the dub, Flay's voice actor finally got to drive a pink mobile suit. <laughs> <laughs> so do we ever like learn what? the hell quantum brainwaves are like are they new types are they new types basically no <laughs> okay i think i know what this series like version of a new type is and we haven't been introduced to them quite yet it's setsuna well you see when you want to make a super soldier tyler you up their quantum brainwaves as high as you can i thought it was you just gave them extraordinary amounts of drugs also that no that's how you get a bad super soldier that captain america is going to have to defeat to become captain america again also, Isn't that how Captain America came about? Uh, no, Copious that was science. Drugs? That was science, Zach, not drugs. <laughs> What's the difference? We like science. Drugs are bad. 
Also, too many drugs actually just creates uh, three forgettable side characters that just kind of die halfway through the series. And no one wants that. And then you get three more of the next series. And instead, you get to... Science creates people, like, main characters? Yeah, the Powerpuff Girls. Powerpuff Girls are made by science. The druggies are made by drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for realizing where I was trying to get, Jeremy. Oh, oh, I I beat you there. Yeah, I was trying to come up with a good way of of, uh, getting there without being, like, exceedingly obvious. It's like one of those, like, what Uh, is it? Not charades, but, like, Pictionary or something like that, where it's like you can't use the word. Tyler, can we do a suicide pact where we both have to watch the CW live-action Powerpuff Girls show that is really coming? Wait. That's a thing? What? Uh, Yeah, no, I'll watch the hell out of that with you, yes. That sounds great. So we get through the opening sequence, and hey, more violence. And by more violence, I mean, hey, let's recap. The Gundameisters, they want to end war. Right now they're fucked by the wild bear of Russia. So yeah, I think we recapped it just as well as the show actually does. One of them has a big gun. It has the fuck you gun. I really wish that we got uh, Sergei's names for all the mobile suits this episode, because there's the winged one and the big one. My favorite thing is in the dub. The first time he calls it the winged one, he just says the winged one, and he calls the big one the big one. But every other time he refers to it as the winged one, <laughs> putting his <laughs> emphasis on it like it's official name or something. I would guess that he would probably refer to Exia as the nimble one. The stabby one. And the dynamis as the, the shooty as one. The gun as the one with the gun. But they all have guns. Yes, but the Dynamis is its its like primary feature. Does the Dynamis have melee weapons? It has pistols. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you've seen John Wick, right? Those are melee weapons. Yeah, melee pistols, yep. So the Tiarn Tauti is coming right for the Kyrios with two wingmen, one of which is Sergei Smirnov. And they're like, huh, it's not emitting its special particles anymore and has stopped moving. Is it malfunctioning or is it a trap? I mean, it's a good uh, good question because, like, what's he doing? Although, let's be honest here. He doesn't need to sucker you in for any of this for a trap based on how powerful the Gundams have been in relation to everything else. Doesn't need a trap to just wipe the floor with you. So clearly it's malfunctioning is probably the primary probability there. But this shows Sergei is cautious, whereas his daughter is like, I'll go get it, Dad. I want to prove I'm useful to you. And he's like, OK, but hit it with the carbon nets first. So we see they have these cool net launchers that just glomp around the Curios. They're like space bolas, basically. And uh, Alaliyah screams and then goes unconscious as soon as t- uh, Soma grabs onto his mobile suit. There's a lot of screaming first. Yeah. There, I think you undersold the amount of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a flash to the pink mo- to, to it uh, just standing in a hangar. We presume it's it. It is in black and white flashback. So as soon as Soma yoinks it, though. He, he starts screaming out. like she stabbed him. And Smirnov is like, I'd know that scream anywhere. It's that guy I talked to once. <laughs> it's that guy that was piloting the same mobile suit before. Who would have thought? Yeah, weird, right? Although he is like, why is he screaming? That's a weird reaction. Is it because Lieutenant Pierce is nearby? Because she did a bunch of screaming one time when he was nearby. And I am capable of putting two and two together because I'm an adult. <laughs> Especially since I got told by evil Jordy LaForge that it might have been someone interfering with her quantum brainwaves. Well, he's assuming that it was somebody like her nearby. It wasn't necessarily guaranteed to be him because he came in after Soma was uh, gone. Yeah, from Sergei's perspective, anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he's fallen unconscious, and they can tell because he stopped screaming. <laughs> he's like, cool, put it in the ship, and then let's get the fuck out of here. 
and Operation Gundam Capture was a complete success, and nothing bad ever happened to the Human Reform League ever again. Uh, we're only a couple of minutes into the episode. You might want to hold off on any kind of quick judgments like that, Tyler. We cut to Setsuna, who is still having trouble pinning down any of the enemies who are just firing on the Ptolemaeus and keeping out of the Dynamis' line of fire. I do like how Lock-On is, like, I wonder if the other two guys are safe. And like, Sumeragi- you thinking about them, not him? And Sumeragi's like, oh, I fucked up. They're not safe. Cut to the ship they have thrown the Curios on, where they're like, hey, get the pilot out and detain him. Is this the scene where he puts a sensor box on and he's like, I tried all the sensor settings. None of them work. Probably particles is the reason for that, if I had to guess. It's an electrically neutral mobile suit. So we cut outside to Soma and Sergei having a nice chat where he's like, sorry, your, your first battle lacked any excitement, Second Lieutenant Pierce. And she's like, I have no feelings. I only care about success. I am robot. But, but then, then she notices an incoming fire. She notices an incoming big ass beam. <laughs> Which he warns Sergey of just in time for him to dodge, but the two people behind him do not. Okay, no, the way this looks is that the three people that are in the front all dodge, and then it looks like three other guys immediately jump into position yeah. right there. <laughs> it definitely looks like they dodge into uh, it. It looks like a whip pan to me, but Sergey gives the order for the ship to get out of here. And uh, Sergey's like, wait a minute, this big ass beam attack was it the big one? And Somas is the name of our podcast. And yeah, Tiara is here like, ah, there was another team. What the fuck? The Curios is on that ship. Fucking hallelujah. I knew that man was worthless. Yeah, he is also not worthy to be a Gundam Meister, just like literally everyone but me. He says you deserve 10,000 deaths for this as soon as he recognizes that. But it's like, do you think he's talking about hallelujah or he's talking about these guys or he's talking about both? Oh, I think it's 100% directed at hallelujah. Yeah, it's a little bit unclear until it, uh pans out to him getting ready to shoot down the ship that Alleluia is on with Alleluia inside of it. Remember, he did legitimately tell Setsuna, I will shoot you in the back if I think that you are a threat to getting the Gundam captured. So that adds a lot of tension to this scene. He uh, does the whole shield with particles thing that we've seen the Ptolemaeus doing as well. And they're like, yeah, he's going to shoot the ship. And Sergei's like, ah, but he must know his comrade is there. This guy is a dick. (laughs) (laughs) As he gives a eulogy of Alleluia Haptism. You are not worthy of being a Gundam Meister either. <laughs> then he sees the pink tear and come in in his rearview mirror. He's like, oh, it's fast. It's not quite red, but it's almost there. <laughs> it's like two and a half times faster. And uh, get, she gets uh, him to stop targeting the ship to instead fire his big shoulder guns at her. And she's like, oh, 1v1 him. Colonel, you get the winged one out of here. And Sergei's like, yeah, okay, ship, you leave, we'll cover you. Get that pilot out. You can use cutters if you have to. Tieria wants to go after the shuttle to destroy it, but uh, Soma won't let him, and she's too fast. Well, I like also his initial reaction is like, you're going to take on Virtue by yourself? You're going to 1v1 me? <laughs> to be fair... Bold choice, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for him. She is by far the most effective pilot so far at fighting a Gundam. As she gets behind him, and he's like, hey, your shield won't work if I'm this close. Which I guess makes sense. We've seen the Dynamis shooting through the shield of the Ptolemaeus. But he has also been employing a beam weapon, so it could have just been a beam thing as opposed to a slug thrower thing. She gets a few shots in, but of course it's a Gundam, so no real damage, and he manages to blow off her leg. She's very grumpy about it. So then the other uh, couple of people that are just kind of hanging around watching this are like, oh yeah, let's all get involved now. Let's let's go. Yeah, Sergei's like, we're going to capture that big one. I got a plan. Cut back to the Curios, and a bunch of people being like, well, we got this heat chainsaw thing guess we're gonna go in and then we zoom in on unconscious hallelujah 
who can hear voices. This is not news to us. <laughs> I think the voices he is hearing are relevant, though. Well, he's, apparently he's hearing Soma's voice. That is the implication. And he wakes up. And it's uh, Hallelujah, not Hallelujah, that wakes up. Yes, you can tell because he flips his hair to the other side. <laughs> In his helmet. Yep. It's very dramatic. And so they, there are a couple of guys that are making pretty good progress cutting through the curios. But it just turns on. And, and then just gets up. up. I love this dude that's just standing on the on the restraint. And like, oh, it's not like it's going to break. Oh, uh-oh. Yeah, I was going to say, man, maybe they should have tied it down. But they did? And it just, like, no-sells the restraints just right through them. There's a pretty cool shot of it raising its shield, and we cut to its shadow, and then it splits into scissors. Which is a really dumb weapon, but I'm here for it, (laughs) so... (laughs) Sure is. (laughs) What secret did you reveal to them, uh, Tiaria? Spoilers for later. What secret did you reveal, I revealed my shield is actually scissors? Yeah, that's probably fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they're like, "Uh, Lieutenant Colonel, the Gundam is blowing up our ship from inside. It's a bad time. Uh, apparently it wasn't as dead as we, th- or unconscious as we thought it was. And then the ship explodes. And is lost. Smurge is like, well, this is a terrible miscalculation on my part. Uh, yeah, it kind of was an error in judgment, because, like, he didn't leave any protections on board the ship, but he did assume that the pilot was unconscious. Yeah, I think that was his mistake, in that what he's referring to. I don't know what protections you could have left. Like, even the if only- you surrounded it with mobile suits, what are, where they have done? I was going to say we're about to see that he has a way to incapacitate a mobile suit more thoroughly, and maybe they should have employed that. Okay, that's fair. Although they did literally put restraints on it, so. Yeah, I feel like the joint locking stuff is also a good idea. So he's like, we're not going to leave empty-handed, though. We'll capture the big one no matter what. And Tiari is like, I have giant guns, but I can't hit anything because we've become much less accurate these last two episodes. (laughs) And that pink one looks special, maybe because it's pink. I mean, to be fair, most of the things that we've seen him shooting at have been really big stationary targets. True. Or people coming straight at him for some reason. So Sergei gives the amazing order. We're going to commence the plan after he fires. Don't die. And Tiara is like, die! I have a giant fuck-off cannon. But they all dodge it. And Tiara can't believe that they didn't just take the shot. <laughs> yeah. And Sergei's like, ah, you have a cooldown on that gun, and we have restraining wires. And Why did you dodge? And I love how Virtue looks like, as they wrap up one of his arms, he just kind of looks at it like, huh, well, that's not going to do, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> I'm in trouble. And then they fire gel to gum up the joints on the Gundam, which is pretty cool. It is weird to me that the missiles that shoot the gel like squirt it out and they don't just impact and explode in gel. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah that, that makes more sense. So it, it hardens so he can't move the joints or anything like that. Okay, hear me out. Gel funnels? Look, that sounds rad. <laughs> so Here. he tries to uh, blast one of the guys that has the tether on him. That's on his gun side. But Soma Pierce is like, you won't do that. I learned this move from Lieutenant Quatra. I mean, Shar Asna. I mean, Sergei Smirnov. And she <laughs> kicks the gun out of his hand. With her one leg. And he's like, I have more guns. But two of the other Tyrians, we'll find out there are six, just grab the guns to try and stop them. And he's like, that either. I have particle shield. But it won't come out good enough. Because the uh, part of the generators have been jammed or yep. gummed up. Although I do love how, like, this really demonstrates how much more power that they are, that the Gundams can put down, because he's dragging these six Tierans around. Yeah, and Sergei even comments on it. He's like, that's a lot of thrust. And he's like, uh, Lieutenant, take an arm, a head, something, I don't care. We need something to show for this, and maybe it'll slow him down. 
Yeah, and here's where he tries to deploy the GN field, but it's not deploying because the uh, the, the generators have been like sealed shut. So just as Soma goes in to take off his head, Tyria's eyes go yellow. He turns on his eyes glow effect <laughs> and, and releases Gundam 004 Nadlia. Nadlia is how the dove says it. Nadalie is more how the Japanese pronounces it, but yeah. And it, it just purges its armor right into the Tyrant housing, <laughs> which makes some very nicely animated funky impacts. It shows it breaking the uh, the tethers that are on it. I'm not sure exactly how that's supposed to work. It just jettisoned with such force. And Gundam Nadli it's apparently has <laughs> these gorgeous, glorious flowing locks. Yep. And also, I'm going to say that's a sweet beard. I think it's supposed to look like a... It's not a beard, because it's not coming out of the... Uh, out of the side. It, it's closer to sideburns. Yeah. Um, but those tethered on the helmet pieces, I guess? Do those serve any functional purpose? Why does this Gundam have hair? I think they do. I don't remember for sure. Okay. So I think I know what they're there. It grabs the shoulder guns of the Virtue armor. And starts doing the Zelda spin move with them. And now he can hit targets. Well, he's much more nimble and accurate now. And Sergei's like, um, time to run. This did not work. My plan revolved around it being big and immobile. And now it's slender. Who could <laughs> possibly have imagined this Gundam was a Russian doll? I mean, to be fair, that is a pretty neat trick. So, But as they run, Tiaria is not pleased with himself. In fact, he calls this a complete disaster, showing them Nodley at this early stage in the program. And then he starts breaking down into tears because he's distorted the plan. And now, he apologizes to the supercomputer. So now we get to see that even Tiaria, this dick, is this huge, is just completely nuts off his rocker. Well, he it turns out he was also not worthy of being a Gundam Meister. <laughs> Who would have thought all four of them weren't worthy? I don't think he said anything to lock on yet. He was just like, you should hate terrorists less because we're terrorists. And here is where we don't have an eye catch. Hello, everyone, and happy December. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed the G Savior episode sponsored by Slack that came out in the feed. Slack, the person on our Discord, not the chat app. It's a pretty exciting month, at least as far as we're concerned, because we're gearing up to record our Patreon special on Journey to Jaburo at the end of this month, which should be a fun time. We might even do a live stream of it. I don't really know how we're doing any of that yet, so we'll figure it out in time to record soon. Also, Zach and I are going to appear on Jumpstart Weekly and continue our yearly tradition of reviewing Sweet Rain with Kevin and Jeremy. As far as can be allowed, given that it's been 2021, it's been actually a pretty good year for the podcast, and I want to say thanks, everyone, for that. It's just a good time to reflect on that. Thank you all for your continued support and listening to this, and you know what? Back to the episode. Sweet hair metal noises. Cut back to the Ptolemaeus, just trying to take mobile suits out one at a time. With the primarily the Dynamis. Lockon says he's got the seventh one. Setsuna the takes out two, which he refers to as eight and nine. So Lockon is counting both of their kills. Uh, so I just assumed that they had different counts and they just no. happened to line up that way. No, I'm pretty sure that it, because we Lockon kills one and says seven. And then, like Jeremy said, Setsuna kills two more and that's nine. I think they're just counting all of them, not not individual kill counts. I mean, that makes more sense. So there's a retreat flare, and finally the Tyrians start heading back. The Tyrians lift their siege of the Ptolemaeus. 
Cut back to the bridge. Chrissy's like, we're not gonna die? I like that. I like not dying. And so the, the guys and the, the pilot guys are like, yeah, glad it's over. And Sumerog is like, it's not done yet. Go get our other guys. Yeah, it's not over until we recover the virtue and Kyrios. Go back to Sergei asking if his daughter's all right. And she's like, well, I don't have any long, I can't go very far. But other than that, I'm fine. And Sergei is going over like, man, we used all this shit and we couldn't even capture one thing. And then, of course, here comes Kyrios. Right at them. Here comes Kyrios. Here comes Kyrios with his stupid scissor shield. And he starts screaming at the uh, Soma Piers. The incredible, amazing sentence. How dare you mess with my quantum brain waves? <laughs> uh, and I have a question for you guys. Did either of you notice that it doesn't seem to have a face shield anymore? Yeah, that seemed to have broken off at some point because now his hair is sticking out of the mask. You know, he had to break it to flip his hair to the other side. <laughs> Except for when he did that, we saw that he still had a face shield. I'm wondering if it has a retractable visor. That was my thought, is that it was retra- just retracted. And Hallelujah is like, I'm too much of an edgelord to keep the visor down. So anyway, he gives some babble about how they must have messed with her brain, too. And she's like, I'm going in. And Sergei's like, not with your machine hurt. No. And Hallelujah's like, wow, you got guts. This is going to be fun. So Hallelujah starts blasting her with her beam Uzi. And I think this scene in specific is why I don't like the beam Uzi. Because she gets hit like 12 times and doesn't look remotely bothered by it. <laughs> See, my, 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 my thought on this was specifically that he has the, like, the output is turned down. Yeah, he said Phaser's a stun. So he is intentionally not damaging it, because we've seen it do actually lethal damage pretty quick, and she even says that he's toying with her. So I think it's a matter of he turned down the damage, or the, the power output, so that he can just do this and mess with her. I think you're probably right, but it is just what I think about when I think of this gun on the Curios. It's him going, pew, 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 and someone going, eh. <laughs> Anyway, hallelujah, or hallelujah, rather, says this is proof that they're the same because he can t- predict all her moves because they're what he would do. And then uh, No Name George here is like... His name is Lieutenant Ming. I think no we've name actually Joe, seen him before. Um, like, tells the, face. the Lieutenant Colonel to grab Soma and run and he'll hold him off. Because they're important and he's just Lieutenant Ming. And he's like, please, avenge my death. I do like how hallelujah refers to this dude as Littleton Soldier. Like, hey, you should value my, your life more. I have scissor shields. Well, and as if we needed even more emphasis on how much of a sociopath Hallelujah is, he starts very slowly killing this dude. It, it kind of evinces the uh, like vision of a small child pulling the wings off of a fly. Yeah. I do like that Soma tries to rush in and Sergei sobs her and says, probably my favorite line from Sergei so far, do not waste the resolve of a brave man. So they take off. Well, I mean, he knows that they can't stop the the Curios here anyway. Like, they can't help him. And Hallelujah is like, oh, man, you guys are going to run. The Human Reform League sucks, just like I remember. You're not even going to help your buddy here? And Lieutenant Ming is like, someday, retribution will come to you for ruining our great society. And he's like, well, the fact that you think your nation is even remotely good is bullshit. Yeah, he just comes back at him like, oh, yeah, you're rebuilding everybody and all that stuff. So, because I'm an asshole and I'm irritated, I'm going to very slowly kill you. So, he, he starts slowly burning into the cockpit. It's actually kind of creepy. He, then he starts twirling his mustache, uh, which uh, we didn't mention Holly also grows a mustache, but he does. Actually, I feel like he could just grab the bangs and twirl them. And he's like, ah, how does it feel to be crushed slowly by overwhelming force? Are you thinking of your mother or your lover? 
How old are you? <laughs> and so the guy, the guy's group stop it. And Holly's reaction is, a, now that's what I call begging for your life. Volume four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was going to make the exact same joke. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, hallelujah. is like, hallelujah. Quit being a dick. And he's like, but this is the best part. He's like, stop it. <laughs> and he's like, hey, I'm doing this for you because you couldn't. You passed out, remember? And so Holly is like, I said stop. So Holly responds, yeah, yeah, fine. I can't argue with you. Not. Yeah, J- <laughs> JK. <laughs> Let me murder this guy real quick. Fun, huh? Hallelujah. And then Hallelujah screams his own name, kind of. It's weird. The lieutenant sees the signal is lost from Lieutenant Ming, and Sergei says, don't say a word. Don't say it. Gundam. <laughs> How dare that Gundam defend itself? Although, in this case, it's why, man, he's a sadistic prick. Cut to Hallelujah, who seems to have regained control, judging by where his hair is. It's... And the fact that he's talking to Hallelujah. And like, why do you want to kill some people so much? Is it because I want to kill people so much? That would mean I'm a monster. And, <laughs> and he starts crying as well. It's always a good day for Setsuna when he is proven to be the most sane member of the Celestial being. diary was like, got attacked today. It sucked. Took down six of them. Lock-On only got three. Lol. <laughs> I feel like currently Lock-On and Setsuna are the two most sane members of this team. Which is really saying something. Well, yeah, because this is a Tiaria and Alleluia episode. <laughs> it, yeah, it just rotates on who the focal characters are for the episode. As to who the most sane one is. Or who the least sane one is. So we cut back to Setsuna flying alongside the Ptolemaeus, which has found the virtue. And bring it up on a camera. And they're like, oh. It used the Natalie. Tiaria honestly looks high. I don't think it's a bad shot or anything. I think it's actually very good at conveying his exhaustion and how wiped out he is. But And general mental state at the moment. Yeah. While his Gundam's just hanging out there with its armor around it. For some reason, its hair is flapping in space like there's wind or something. And so Lakan apparently knew about Nadle, but he didn't know what it looked like. Had not seen it, yeah. So Christina finds Alleluia on radio contact and is shocked for a moment. They ask her what's wrong. And she's like, it's nothing. But then she whispers for the audience that he is crying, which I think we already saw. So uh, Sumeragi has to get on a, in on this uh, tear fest. So she's crying, too. Because, because she, she made a mistake. Another mistake. That is true. She made a second mistake ever. It's like she's human. Cut the Chun-Li's pool where she's like, man, the Gundams are so cool. Why do the people piloting them have to be dumb humans, though? It's like the theme of the show is about the weakness of the human heart and the intricacies of that and how they cause flaws and things. How lame. Can't this show be for about Gundams being perfect and unstoppable for 50 episodes? <laughs> Why are the pilots so imperfect? Then we cut to Alejandro Corner, who is in his office overlooking his pool. And Ribbon shows up and says, hey, is it all right to leave things like this? And he's like, meh, I just am an w- observer. All I can do is watch. I even, like to watch. Even if they're bringing themselves to ruin. Foreshadow, foreshadow. And that's the end of the episode. That's an intense note. <laughs> so yeah, I think this one's pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say we actually get some like pretty good character stuff. We get a lot of insight into Alleluia, who I think is actually probably my favorite Gundamicer so far at this point. Well, and we get a little bit of uh, more insight into Tiaria, even if it is that brief. I mean, he no longer is just a dick. Like, there is something there. We get to see a cool transformation. We get to see Sergei being good at tactics and almost no sets which is not necessarily a plus for the episode 
But we were talking, I think, just last week about how there's too much sets enough. There's too much focus on him. And this proves that not only can the show do it without him, they can make very interesting characters besides him. Because Setsuna doesn't go head-to-head with either of the named characters in this episode. Also, we make a lot of jokes about how Soma is Sergei's daughter because she just looks so infantilized next to him in that military uniform because she's so short. So I like that she gets to do so much in this episode and remind me why I like her so much. Because like I said, Graham got his ass kicked pretty bad by a Gundam. So did Sergei. Ali went for like a minute, but Soma actually put up a very good fight. Yeah, like it's possible she might have actually won um, uh, I don't think she would have won just because of the fact that I don't think she could really hurt the Virtue one-on-one. That's fair. And it goes back into that old joke. He only needed to hit her once. One clean hit and she was done. So do you have a high point, Tyler? I think it's actually going to be Hallelujah's monologue while he's killing that guy. That that okay. was it. I, I just think it's... it's Never like, be powerless in a room with Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just like like super melodramatic. And I think it like... It really feeds into Hallelujah's over-the-top personality. Yeah. And it, it kind of gets to the core of Hallelujah's character conflict of like, what am I? Which I think is probably something that all the Gundamicers are going to confront at some point. Um, although maybe I'm just jumping too far ahead. They've kind of got an identity thing going on as well. Yeah. Zach, what's your high point? I think I might have to go with uh, kind of the same thing Tyler was talking about at the earlier on there. And uh, Sergei's line there to Soma about don't waste the sacrifice of a brave man. It like it does a lot to give you insight into Sergei's character. And we've like already gotten a lot of insight into Sergei's character. But I think that also shows that he values his troops like he tells him not to die. Also, not a very useful command, but... which is apparently like kind of a un- not not a unique thing to him, but not something necessarily encouraged by his nation based on what uh, we know about it from specifically in this episode, what Hallelujah says. Yeah, it's humanizing about- for one of the antagonists. This is kind of a subtle one, but I'm going to go with a bunch of Tyria's frustration because a lot of the way he says lines, and again, I'm cheating. You can read when he says he wasn't a worthy Gundammeister either, that part of the reason Tyria is so harsh on everyone else is he also doesn't think he himself is worthy of being a Gundammeister and is taking that out on everybody. We get even more of that next episode. Yeah. You have a low point, Tyler. I'm going to say, even though I think it was a fairly funny scene, the inclusion of Saji and Luis at the beginning of the episode. That was mine with basically the same introduction piece of it. Well, now you have to pick something else, Zach. Yes, I do. Hmm. I I think it might have to be, like, the Kyrgios gets loose and then disappears for about five minutes before just reappearing. Like... He doesn't immediately go back or anything like that. What is he doing in that time frame? Laughing maniacally. Yeah. Trying to figure out the button on his visor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, both of those, I guess, would make sense in heavy quotes, but he just disappears and then comes back five minutes later after getting loose. It's not like he got loose and then immediately showed up here. There is a stretch of time in between those two incidents. So it's like, why is there time there? Is it just because we needed to, to have him take additional time in order to let then mess with the virtue i think to its credit he was in that shipping ship the shipping ship the cargo ship for who knows how long before the virtue showed up although the virtue could have shot it so it wasn't wasn't that that far far away away. yeah because even sergey sees it explode i don't think he sees it. i think he just sees the signal lost at any rate he wasn't that far away yeah like he couldn't have gotten that far you're right Especially with how fast the Curious has already been portrayed as. No, I like Jeremy's answer that a Hallelujah was just laughing maniacally the entire time. 
I'm kind of cheating, but this is a very good episode. I'm going to go with specifically the way Sergei and the dub uh, enunciates the winged one. We have the big two, the winged one, the sword three. <laughs> <laughs> and the shooty four. Yeah. Do you have an MVP, Tyler? Um, I'm going to say it's Soma this episode. She gets a kick ass. It's pretty cool. Zach? Yeah, I got to give it to Soma as well, because she got to kick ass. She got to hold her own against the Gundam. It was either Soma or uh, Sergei, but I have to go with Soma, I think. Yeah, it's unanimous. Like I said, Soma is maybe my favorite character in Gundam 00, and this is an episode where she really gets to show off both she gets to be competent and she gets the emotional weight, too, where Lieutenant Ming dies and she's like, no, we shouldn't let him. And also, she shark kicks Tiaria, and he deserved it. Is this the the first episode in which we've had a unanimous verdict for a MVP? I believe so. We might have had Sergei unanimous once. I feel like Soma has a lot of potential. Like, I feel like she can have a really interesting character arc, and I'm, like, excited to see where that goes. All right, any other final thoughts on this episode? I think it's easily the best one of the series so far. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I mean, it was the second half of a two, of a nice two-parter that we have kind of been needing so far since the series had come into it. We had some some significant drama. The Gundam stopped being the invincible monster which is something that we kind of needed through this. Yeah, we get to see also that the Meisters have, like, character flaws. Even Sumeragi, like, is beating herself up. Like, Well, we've already seen Sumeragi beating herself up over things. Yeah, it's just, like, nice to see Celestial being, like... They're human. The they're not... Yeah, they're not, like, this unstoppable force. Yeah, and it's a little on the nose at the end of the episode when Chun-Li is like, oh, why did the Meisters have to be so imperfect? When the Gundams are so beautiful and invincible, why did the fleshy meatbags inside have to have emotional (laughs) problems but that is a huge theme of the series in any Gundam show but especially this one and I do kind of like it because this is a show for babies alright It's a Gundam will return in Alleluia him. Isn't that right, Saji? I refuse, but she insisted. You're rather weak-willed. I get told that a lot. 